Alright, what is good everybody? It's your host Fuwad and we back here with another banger episode of Shoot Your Shot Season 2. This NBA season has been crazy and I cannot wait to get into today's episode. The A lot has happened since April 14th since we last uploaded. The Lakers have been going crazy. Memphis has a lot of stuff to talk about. The Clippers and the Kawhi situation with his sister being a life sentence in prison. The Suns going off after losing the first game. The Warriors and the Kings tied up with Fox's finger being broken. And Curry going for ill-advised shots towards the end of the shot clock. Cannot wait to get into this with you guys listening by my side. If you are here, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode Please be nice enough to leave me a review and a five-star rating. And without further ado, let's get right into the news. All right, first off, I want to talk about the Lakers series. Coming from a Lakers fan here, this is crazy, man. We saw D'Angelo Russell being traded for Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, which we will get into in a little bit, is having the playoff series of his life. He went off last game he is going off this game he had 37 points on really efficient shooting he had 30 points 12 boards eight assists on really efficient shooting from three last game we got to get into it but i'm talking about the lakers or i'm trying to but russ was a part of the lakers so seeing how delo i mean like given his game yesterday he had the three threes in a row the basically prepared the Lakers to win it so it's fine I guess you're gonna be downgraded to a very 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 extreme role player in this situation but we thought you were a little bit more than that but it's obvious that you ain't so it's all good no worries as long as you're busting threes because last game really really nobody could shoot and I'm talking nobody could shoot these stats on that game were ridiculous both teams were essentially neck and neck the whole game the Sacramento Kings made 48 field goals. The Warriors made 45. Both teams shot 14 threes and made 14 threes. Um, or made 14 out of 35 threes. Both had the exact same amount of rebounds, 44 each. So you get what I'm saying, right? The teams were neck and neck the entirety of the game. Steph wanted to go for his hero ball shot towards the end with like 12 seconds on the shot clock. He was like fading for a one-legged two that was he thought was a three. So honestly, the Warriors got bailed out. We got that whole drama with Curry also trying to call a timeout, which also cost them the game basically. So like I'm really happy that he didn't sell the bag because if he did, then honestly that might have been it you would have probably started thinking about the next offseason moves that they wanted to pursue that Harrison Barnes shot man the musical lyric of him sinking that shot it was only off by like half an inch he had a chance to win it at the buzzer because the Warriors which I just mentioned were fumbling the bag towards the end of the game and then Everything just like stood still, you know, time stopped. Harrison Barnes shot that shot against his old team, against the rejuvenated Sacramento Kings, being a member of the purple team in Cali that was basically deemed in the regular season, at least to be the top team in California. 
against his old, like the lyrical, whimsical. Oh my God, man! If that shot went in, Warriors would have gone in like with a huge payroll this offseason, not to know what to do with Draymond Green. Just like, how would you rebuild that roster without payroll? Essentially, kind of reminds you of the all-time bad collapse that was against the Boston Celtics through the heat with with um, Jimmy Butler almost draining that game-winning three that would have put him into the finals. We also wanted to talk about how Jimmy Butler is literally going berserk right now. He exploded last game. He had 56 points. Like, who has that against the first seed as the eighth seed? Like, are you insane? Like, man's literally put the entire team on his back. He was going insane. He had everything but missing. Even he said he had bad shots that went in towards the end of the game in the post-game interview. Man's stat line was 56 points, only two assists, but nine rebounds. And he went 15 out of 18 from the three free throw line. He was three for eight from three. He shot 67% from the field. He had 56 on 28 shots, making him the third most points of all time in a playoff game, man. Jimmy Butler just went crazy. Like, he put the heat on his back as the eighth seed. Give the man his flowers. He honestly carried that entire franchise on his back yesterday at home against the Milwaukee Bucks. People had the Bucks going up against the Boston Celtics to go up to the finals and potentially win the whole thing. Now they're going to get eliminated from the first round. I don't think they're going to come back 3-1. Do you think so? I don't think so. That's not going to happen. Like that, He literally just had and cemented a 13-0 run followed by a 13-3 run like he deserves everything that's going to give to him like this is the definition of how this is a make or miss league if Harrison Barnes made that shot the Warriors would have basically started entering their offseason if Jimmy Butler made that shot last season Boston would have not probably made the same decisions they made that offseason because they reached the finals. They, in their minds, were successful, so they only made little tweaks to help fund their roster, whereas the Heat went to the offseason with a whole new game plan. They signed a lot of offseason talent, and look at them now. They're literally going against the first seed because they had a hectic regular season, to say the least, and they are almost going to knock them out. And honestly, I had the Bucks advancing. I'm not going to lie to you. I had my regular season awards picks right, but I didn't know that Miami was going to upset the Bucks. I kind of wanted them to go against Boston to give them a hard time for their money because I know they're a gritty team, but I didn't know that they were going to knock off the first seed. That's crazy. Like Jimmy Butler is crazy. That's never happened. That's only happened a handful of times in the league, which makes me think that it's never happened because you never see it almost. You know what I mean? Like it's literally a make or miss league. And it's the playoffs. Like, you can tell LeBron James at 38 is taking charges, man. Like, people are just going all out on that court. I call Golden State and Phoenix winning the next four straight. And honestly, I was wrong when it came to um, the Lakers doing it. But has Golden State lost since the first two losses? I don't see Phoenix losing since their first loss. So, 
I mean, I got to give myself credit where I'm correct too, right? The Lakers, I fumbled the bag. The Miami Heat beating the Milwaukee Bucks, I fumbled the bag. But everything else, the regular season awards, Golden State not losing, Phoenix not losing. Uh, another thing I was wrong, though, I must admit, is Cleveland, man. I thought Cleveland was going to go so much further. They only won one game. New York owns them. New York has all of their defense, uh, their offense covered through New York's defense. Uh, they're relying way too much on their two guards because, like, honestly, they're not really a shooting team when it comes to their front court. So even there, when it comes to their uh, strengths and blessings, they're still getting out rebounded. They're still getting scorned on in the front court. And this is New York, mind you. Like, we got Mitchell Robinson. We're not talking like Brooke Lopez, who's also not making it past the finals. This this the first round. This off this playoff season is just full of surprises. Mind me, I'm trying to talk about one thing. I keep hopping around because honestly, it's been too long since I last recorded. But let's get it. Let's get back to the Lakers series. Honestly, going back to day, um, game one, uh, Desmond Bain has had the highest three point percentage coming into the NBA playoffs with 49% with a minimum of 100 attempts. Like, imagine shooting 50% from three off 100 attempts. Like, you made half your threes in the playoffs where you're being guarded like that. That's crazy. He didn't do too well in the last game, though. John Moran kind of gave him the keys to the franchise because he broke his finger, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. AD was a beast defensively in game one. He had six blocks, four steals, held opposing opponents to four for 19 from the field. He was a plus 27. Rui Hachimura had a game to remember. What a playoff debut with the, with the Lakers. He had 29 points in 29 minutes, 5 of 6 from 3. LeBron James, the king, he had 3 blocks. He was a plus 7. But you got to give the flowers where they do to the Grizzlies as well. Triple J had 31. We hit 2 blocks. He also just won the 2022-2023 Defensive Player of the Year Award, just like I mentioned he would. And then Austin Reeves, man. Out from this like no name white town in like the countryside, he's um him. He was saying the um him celebration when he drained that last shot to basically put the Lakers and cement them on that 15-0 run in crunch time. And he was 20 points and D'Lo had 19. The Lakers knocked it out of the park. But then game two, speaking of D'Lo, he kind of just lost him, man. He was worse than Russ. <laughs> And as I said, I want to talk about Russ later, but man, Dino knocked it out of the park. He was like two for 11. Like, he's just bricking, he was building buildings with on them bricks, you know? Russ at least had hustle highlights. Like, he basically propelled the Clippers to their only win with his defensive stops at the end. But D'Lo, he wasn't even contributing on the defensive end, and he was just standing there. His only highlight was his seven assists. But honestly, that's that's fine because the Lakers ended up winning regardless. With games three and four, we got the largest playoff first quarter lead in NBA history with the Lakers being up by 22 points in the first quarter. Honestly, John Morant went for his 22 points towards the end of the game, but it wasn't enough. The Lakers still made it out of that game and then game four ad and lebron basically john moran wanted to shoot it to prevent ot he had like 0.2 seconds left he went up for a quick shot that whole game was cemented by what happened next so basically imagine like john moran if, if you didn't see the game 
He just got the ball, catch and shoot, quick release. And then AD comes catapulting out of nowhere with a massive block on a shot attempt to propel the ball backwards towards center court. And then LeBron, after the, the buzzer went off, so the time's expired, he picked up the ball and he shot a full court shot and it went in. It was nothing but net. It didn't even go off the backboard. It was literally cash. That tells you how LeBron is, man. He doesn't, he's just crazy, man. Like, you want to talk about the whole Le- uh, Dylan Brooks drama with LeBron James? He doesn't let that bother him. Why? Because he's a 20-year vet. Man's 38 years old. Did you forget? Like, he's literally almost a, <laughs> it's not almost a father. He's a father with his with his kid entering the league in two years. That's how old he is. He's played with people or players. And with the kids of those players, he played with when he came into the league. He's been there for that long. So Brooks isn't his first rodeo. He knows how to handle hasslers like that. Everyone comes across that. Whether you work in sales, you're going to have hagglers. If you work in marketing, you're going to have haters. Honestly, any field you're in, especially if you're LeBron James and the whole world knows who you are, Dylan Brooks is nothing compared to what LeBron's used to dealing with. LeBron's dealt with far worse than Dylan Brooks. He got this guy thinking he's the best defender in the world, shooting like 35% in the series from the field, mind you, not even from three. He's shooting 25% from three. And he doesn't even have any uh, defensive stats to back that up. He's literally averaging 0.3 steals a game with zero blocks. Why are you a good defender? Where are your stats? Nothing. Uh, just, don't tell me about his opponent field goal percentage. I, I, if you're if you're preventing shots at one end, cool. But if you're a liability on the other end of the court, then honestly, if, especially if it doesn't show up in the box score, nah, you ain't got me. And then remember when everyone was like, "Oh, Brooks, yeah, what do you think about like LeBron being the way he is?" And he was like, "Oh, like he's old. He's old. He's an old person. He doesn't." scare me or anything like if you want to talk the talk you got to drop 40 so what did lebron do next game he didn't let that get to him he only scored 22 right but he had a career high in rebounds with 20 rebounds in the playoffs lebron's never had 20 rebounds in the playoffs before so what's 22 plus 20 like Shaq said on tnt it's 40 he came back at him with 40 in his own way for the first time in year 20 at 38 years old as the leading scorer in the nba man lebron's crazy uh, I urge everyone listening to me, even though it might not be that many people for now, hopefully when we grow, more people are going to get this message, or maybe it's going to be too late, but for you that are here right now, the OGs, if you like listening to this basketball podcast, that probably means that you enjoy watching the sport. A plus B equals C, right? So honestly, please enjoy LeBron while he's still here, because man's 38 years old, like I just said three times, right? His son's coming into the league in two years. And then after that, he's done. You realize that the GOAT of today's basketball era is literally done in maximum three years' time. So instead of you keeping to judge him all the time and call him out and just like say weird comments to get like fake clout, just appreciate the man playing the sport. He's 38 and he's still breaking records. Like nobody did that. Like nobody will do that. This man's a freak of nature. Everyone's like, oh, Luka Doncic. Can you please compare LeBron's athleticism to Luka's and then come back at me and tell me? Do you think um, Luka Doncic is going to stay as healthy as LeBron did for most of his career? LeBron James didn't miss more than 70 games 
only up to like his last two seasons with the Lakers. Why? Oh, maybe because he was over 36 years old. And even though he spends a milli on his body every year, it caught up to him somehow. Please stop haggling and hating and just like spreading bad karma because ultimately you're the only one who's going to get it back. LeBron doesn't really listen or care about what you're saying. You might have that short-term instant gratification with all your like, I don't know, likes of people that are as sad as you. That's why they're liking your stuff. But honestly, you're going to be the only person that's going to lose because you're going to get that karma right back into your life and you're actually going to be affected by it rather than not like LeBron is. So honestly, just take it from me. I don't even probably know you that well, but you're listening. So you must want something out of this. Stop haggling LeBron. Appreciate his greatness. Put out good energy into the world so you can get it back. At least be a winner. Don't be a loser, and especially not a sore one hating on someone who's never going to listen to you. So honestly, just take it from me. You're free to do whatever you want to do. That's just my advice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I kind of forgot to mention how Brooks kind of attacked uh, yours truly's the king's nuts. <laughs> um, Dylan Brooks took a fair swipe at LeBron's uh, godongles. And uh, was ejected for that in game three, which uh, basically didn't end up affecting anything because the Lakers still won. They only lost when Zhao had 22 in the fourth. So, and that's only one game. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, the Lakers in, 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 in uh, six, or no, five even. The game's going on right now as I'm recording. And let me give you all a quick update. Psych, that's not the game. <laughs> it's the Clippers game that's going on right now. But yeah, honestly, the game happened yesterday where uh, I told you the whole block and full court shot went down. It was it went to OT, but yeah, the Lakers are probably going to close this out in the next game. And if not, definitely the game after that. It's not going to go to seven, trust me. But yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about, the Lakers versus Memphis saga. Like, you got Dylan Brooks attacking the Kings nuts. You got him talking and then declining the interview once they lose two in a row. You got Triple J, which is totally seriously warranted, winning DPOI. He deserved it, man. He's like a blocking machine. Mans goes crazy. But now let's move on to the game that I actually wanted to check for you guys on my phone, which is a score of 50-54. to 54. The Clippers actually leading. They're down 3-1 currently against the Suns. And uh, there's a lot to get into here. I kind of want to start off by going backwards in the series so we can rewind a little bit so we could get a full perspective of what went down up to the point where it's happening right now. So basically, first game, right? Kawhi goes crazy. He has triple team the whole game. He has two straight threes to end it and an assist in the clutch while scoring 38 points. And he basically assisted on half of their points. He scored or assisted on half of the team's points that game. So one player was responsible for half your total offensive throughput because he's that good. And he won my Raptors, their championship in 2019 with my favorite, Groat, which is the great, greatest Raptor of all time, if you didn't know, Kyle Lowry. So Ka Kawhi, we all know he can do it, but his biggest setback is his availability, right? The greatest ability is availability, and men's is simply not available. Now, I'm going to put you all onto something because you're listening to Shoot Your Shot, but don't, don't, don't say I said this, all right? But basically, I think he's not injured, right? I think 
he's out here trying to help his sister who just went through a crazy case basically getting life in prison for murder so i don't know too much about this situation and honestly i don't really want to because that is kind of crazy but yeah Kawhi's sister basically got sent life in prison for murder yeah so i think that's the reason your boy is out i don't think it's because he has a knee injury i think because he's trying to save his sister from not ending up in prison but unfortunately she was convicted after a full month-long trial in february of first degree murder robbery and elder abuse for the 2019 murder of 84 year old Afaf Asad man man was Arab too that's crazy but yeah so I think that's the reason he's not there for his Clippers now we all know PG got injured with bad timing but if Kawhi was there it would have been a hell of a series it would have for sure went to at least seven and then we would have gotten the classic winner go home game seven there's nothing better than a game seven However, this is much more serious than basketball. Um, you got your man trying to like look out for his family. Now, obviously, we don't want to get into the details because this isn't a murder podcast. But yeah, so I think that's my personal belief of why he's not available. I think he's trying to help his family out. Now, let's talk about the best matchup in the entire series. Durant versus Russell Westbrook, sir. Yes, sir. So, um, first game, we got both of them, like, super cold, right? They haven't played the playoffs in forever. They're just like, I don't know how to do this. I'm being guarded so heavily. So, they both start out 0 for 5. Now, the best part is uh, Durant kind of, like, revives his stat line. He shoots around 45% for the end of the game. But Russ goes 0 for 9. <laughs> He's so cute. He's missing and shooting. And then he ends the game, like, shooting 3 for 17, man. He was such a bad phrase game, but like honestly, that doesn't really matter because they ended up winning that game, and then the games that he played well, Russ, they ended up losing. So honestly, maybe Mans is just destined to play bad and end up winning because once you play well, you guys start losing. So I don't really know what the problem or solution to that problem is, but all I know is if you're playing decently well, then your team's not winning, so maybe try playing bad and see what happens. We'll see what happens in today's game. I'm probably going to cover it during the next episode. But yeah, so at least Durant kind of got his feet back under him throughout the series. But Russell Westbrook definitely did not, man. He just kept bricking, bricking, bricking that first game. And then after that, however, he definitely flipped it around. He's currently averaging for the playoffs he is averaging 26 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists on 41% from 3. That's Russell Westbrook, mind you. 41% from 3. After having that horrific first game, and he's shooting 47% from the field. So that's actually a really good stat line. That's him being the star that he's we're used to him being, right? So he has 1.5 assists and 1.8 blocks as a point guard, man. That's crazy. Honestly, like, give his flowers to Russ after shooting 3 for 19 the first game. He still had the block that won them the game. 
And then the the Clippers, the reason why they won that first game is because they were 15 to 6 on offensive boards. So obviously Monty Williams fixed his coaching strategy and he made his adjustments because the the Suns haven't lost a game since. But watching that first game, it was like a bunch of nerves, a bunch of people who didn't even know how to play again. We got Booker going for four steals, four blocks, but shooting bad two. So we just got a lot of defensive efforts being made, essentially. But, yeah, so Norman Powell, though, my Toronto Raptor, he was part of that Toronto Raptors championship team. Then he got traded to the Blazers and was on the Clippers. Anyway, the man had an all-time performance, and I'm talking all-time. He scored 42 points in Game 3. Man's literally erupted for the best playoff performance in his entire life. And he did that on insane efficiency. He shot 65% from the field and 58% from three. How can you do that? How can you shoot 58% from three, seven for 12 when you're being guarded like a madman in the playoffs? That is insane to me. Oh my God. It's making me sing on a podcast. Holy moly. Uh, Yeah, Norman Powell and Russell Westbrook literally carried, man. Russell Westbrook had 38 and 12. He shot pretty well too, 42% from three, 47% from the field. But the Suns are basically a super team. You got Chris Paul at 37, like hustling for rebounds. He's averaging, <laughs> like for a six-foot guard, how can you average six rebounds a game in the playoffs? Like, I just don't understand that. You got him doing mad hustle plays, like getting, uh, plugging bigs once they get boards and stuff like that. You got to give it to Chris Paul, man. He actually is like trying his best to get a ring. And you can't, you can't like uh, undermine that. You got to respect that, you know. And uh, I'll get into my second round playoff predictions later this episode. But honestly, like for now, I think like Chris Paul, he probably has like what, two more seasons left. And like we also know LeBron has that much left. So. Honestly, it's like if if I want to dedicate the next two rings in the NBA, I'd give one to LeBron and one to Chris Paul. Probably knowing me, I'd give two to LeBron so I can have a better argument when I'm talking to like Michael Jordan enthusiasts. Not that I'm not one of them, but some some people just like worship that man. Astaghfirullah, if you know what I'm saying. But some people literally just like would die for a man they would never met. That's how like dedicated they are to a cause that doesn't even affect them. Like, you're entitled to your own opinion, man. But, like, honestly, longevity, that's all I got to (laughs) say. Moving on, I want to talk about how Russell Westbrook, during this series, literally has the most playoff points of all time without free throws when he erupted for 37 points. Like, that is insane, man. We wrote this dude off. We got analysts apologizing to him. We got, like, people with personalities saying, like, oh, I really have to apologize to Russell because I said that he wasn't good anymore. I said he was washed. But now he's, like, literally erupting and showing the world and reminding them that he's still a good player. It was just a bad fit on the Lakers. He had the most points, 37 on 29 shot attempts with zero free throws and that's a a playoff record so honestly i was one of those people too i was like yeah like even though it was a bad fit i just overlooked that and then i started looking at how he was playing he was still a hustler nobody ever took away that from him but the fact that he just like wasn't scoring even free throws 
Like, you're a six foot three guard, man. You have to, if you don't shoot free throws, then, like, what are you doing out there? So he's, like, basically a six seven wing that's in a point guard's body, you know? He's, like, PG, but the 6'3 version. Anyways, honestly, I think the, the Clippers, or the Suns got this series in the bag. The Clippers are two of their stars down, and they won a game because of, like, sheer performance and the fact that their superstar was there so the fact that it's not going to be in the future like yeah i just they're looking bleak like 3-1 comebacks with not your top two players yeah i don't think that's gonna happen the last series i want to get into for this episode was the one that i've been watching the most it's the warriors versus the kings you got your two cali teams going right at it it's the first time in the world that Steph Curry is down 0-2 in a playoff series. Let that sink in. He's that good, guys. Steph Curry has never been down 0-2 in a playoff series. And guess what happened? In game four, instead of like being the seasoned vet that he is, he decides to go for a one-legged shot that would have obviously took over the entire news if it went in, but guess what? It didn't. <laughs> and it gave Harrison Barnes a chance to put you on the ground to literally have the most musical ending to a series or like half ending because they have one more game to win but 3-1 like backs against the wall no home court advantage horrible team on the road yeah he would have ended the series and that's i already covered it but like it was only off by half an inch that game was an insane game the warriors always have luck by their side Sometimes you simply need that to be a dynasty. I want to talk about this series, though. For those of you who don't know how it started and how it's going, we should start back at the beginning. So the Warriors, as I said, have never trailed a two in a series before. And the fact as a team, they haven't done it since 07, which means Steph Curry has never done it, right? So the Kings started 0 for 11 from 3 in Game 2 and 3 out of 9 for the Warriors. They had 7 turnovers and the Warriors had 9 and they both had 16 field goals made. That's how bad the shooting was in Game 2. But of course you got your man Steph Curry. He was plus 14 when the Warriors were on the floor and without him they were minus 25. So, the Warriors' six losses in the 2022 playoffs, they won all games, but only lost six. So, imagine, like, winning every single game you need to get the chip and only losing six games in the process. And then now you're going against the Sacramento Kings, who are a revamped team, and you're down 0-2, and you play horribly on the road, and with your star off the court, you're a minus 25 net rating. Like, that's how bad it was to give you guys some context and perspective in the beginning when the Warriors were going against the Kings, especially on, uh, like, the away court. They weren't on their home court. So the, the Kings started 0 for 11 from 3, mind you, and the Warriors still lost the game. That's how bad it was. Game 3... Honestly, with the Draymond Green suspension, let's talk about that for a little bit. So, I don't think that he wanted to step on Sabonis. But at the same time, 
Sabonis kind of held his leg. That's why he got a technical. And then Draymond being the guy with the his the history he has, essentially, this is what he thought in the moment, according to my thought process. So Draymond Green wanted to just step over him like most players do, right? Sabonis holds his leg, so Draymond's like, oh, I need to catch my balance. So he puts his leg over him, and then he's like, yo, I'm here, so might as well step on this dude, because he keeps irritating me, and he's just like, basically the only reason the Kings are winning, and I hate him. So let me just step on him. So he takes a little hop on his chest, which is way more painful than I'm making it to sound like... I wouldn't wish this on my biggest enemy. This is not something I'm condoning at all. You should never step on someone that is very, very insensitive and just evil. You're going to get a lot of bad karma coming your way if you do that. So please don't step on anybody. But that's what Draymond did because his leg got held and he was there. So he decided to hop on this man's ribcage, leaving Sabonis in sheer agony and then the ref was right there. He was he saw everything, so he immediately ejected Greymon. And then the fact that Adam Silver was in the building is essentially what warranted that whole suspension paired with Draymond Green's history. So Adam Silver is the NBA's commissioner. We all know that. He doesn't want to be ridiculed he doesn't want he wants to be respected and Draymond knew that he was in that game so instead of like catching himself man's decided to go even all out and harder so Adam Silver was like man like if you can't respect me when I'm in the arena I'm gonna suspend you for a game because you just can't do that on top of the fact that we don't condone stepping on people so like if Adam Silver wasn't there And then, given the context of how Sabonis held his leg, I think it would have only been that ejection. However, Adam Silver, who is essentially the Ben who checks off on every decision, was in that building. So I think that's the personal side or aspect of it that warranted that one-game suspension. But getting into Game 3, when I was watching it in the beginning, I was surprised that Jordan Poole was on the floor, not Dante DiVincenzo. Because Gary Payton was out and he was feeling under the weather. So your defense is basically trash now. Your top two defenders are not playing, Gary Payton and Draymond Green. Now, sure, you have uh, Clay Thompson, who's like back-ish when it comes to defense. He's back offensively 100%. But when it comes to defense, he's like, yeah, you know, he's not as fast as he used to be and all that. Warranted, I'm not coming at him. Please don't tell me like, I'm not coming at Clay Thompson he has the right and he deserves not to be as fast as he was on defense. He broke two of his knees. He had the, an MCL and an ACL tear, like right back to back as he was coming back from his original uh, injuries. So I'm definitely not coming at him. I'm just stating the fact that he's not as, as fast as he used to be on defense, which makes the Warriors defense as a team a lot worse. So because he used to be considered one of their best defenders in their early title runs. Anyways, moving on. I just don't want people to come at me like, oh, Clay Thompson. Anyways, so um, Draymond Green and Gary Payton are your top two defenders, and they're both out. So we only basically have Andrew Wiggins and Looney, who are decent defenders. And then let's not get into the rest, right? So 
why are you starting another bad defender in Poole, who's already been struggling the whole series? He's like shooting under 30% from three. He's only averaging like 15 points a game. And I say only like, because like the amount of shot attempts he takes, his player efficiency ratings like under 15. Don't come at me. Like Jordan Poole is not playing well. And it's the playoffs. He shares the court with Curry, so he's getting a little bit more open looks now. But when he like steers the he when he leads the bench unit, he's not playing well. That's that's it. So honestly, I would have put Dante Divincenzo in. I challenged Curry's opinion to start Pool, but as I just said, with Curry on the court, Pool has a lot more room to operate. So looking back at it, I think that's the reason why, especially paired with Looney's immense amazing leaping offensive rebound ability let me not cut this man short man Kevon Looney has led the NBA in offensive rebounds grabbed in the regular season with 275 I believe and he is currently leading the playoffs in offensive rebounds I think Draymond being suspended was a good thing because Steve Kerr got a chance to review his plays, run different plays because let's keep in mind that he's going against Coach Mike Brown. Who is Coach Mike Brown, you might ask? He was the Warriors' assistant coach in 2021 when they won the chip last year. So the or 2022 in the 2021-2022 season. So the fact that he is spearheading the Sacramento Kings, who are going against the very same Golden State Warriors, that is an extreme disadvantage when it comes to the tactics behind their plays. So them not having Draymond basically allowed Kerr to revitalize his plays. And there's actually a meme online of Kerr whispering to Mike Brown before the game start, you're not going to be able to win because we changed all our plays. You don't know them anymore. So... I was thinking that he needed a little bit more of a defensive approach, but that offensive approach kind of opened up that game for him, which basically ended up making it such an easy game for them to win, given how they kept losing the first two games. It was the game that they've won by the most so far this entire playoff series, and uh, Poole didn't have the worst game. He didn't have a good game by any means. He shot 4 for 13. He had 16 points, but he didn't have a really bad game. Now, warranted, Dante DiVincenzo didn't even have that good of a game either. He shot 2 for 8 with 6 points, but he had 8 assists and 7 rebounds. And that's what I like about Dante DiVincenzo. He's essentially Gary Payton reincarnated. He is a hell of a defender, and that's what the Warriors need. So, honestly, Kerr did his thing. Um... They won the game. Fifty. The Warriors are fifty-six and twelve, with um in reference to their home record under Kerr, which is the second best of all time. So who am I to challenge him? He did what needed to be done, and that was the game they won by the most, which basically warranted him sitting Draymond Green when he came back for Game Four because he wanted to stick with that very same lineup who won him that game in Game Three. So now we can say that this was a good coaching tactic, but. The, the Kings came out with something to prove. They were literally keeping up with every single play the Warriors had up their sleeve. The Kings could one-up them. They're like, oh, you can do this. I can do it better. As soon as they scored, they scored. They were neck and neck the entire game. I shared with you guys the stats in the beginning of the podcast. Honestly, that game was a really probably the best game of the playoffs so far, if you don't count the OT game yesterday with the Lakers. But... 
man, like that game was really, really insane. I told you guys about how that whole Harrison Barr's fairy tale would have took place, but it's a make or miss league, and that's what that's what I'm gonna title this episode. It's it's been a crazy playoff run. I'm super happy to be like covering it for you guys. I'm super happy to be watching it. It's a privilege to watch LeBron James at 38. It humbles you. It really does. So game four of that series, it was like it was a show, especially in the off season. The Kings were shooting shots and the Warriors dodged the bullet. That's how I'm gonna describe it. Uh, they kept going early in the shot clock. They just kept racing for points. The Warriors' turnovers almost cost them the game. Curry had 32, and Fox had another 38-point game with a broken finger. Like, Curry shot 48% from three, which is insanely efficient. He makes it look effortless, <laughs> as the gang on TNT likes to say. And Fox, who's not a good three-point shooter, shot, shot above league average. He shot 36% from three. So, honestly... I think that the Clippers are going to be the biggest first round upset because of the lack of stars and then also the Cavs. I really have them going far, but who's not to say that they're the biggest upset because the first seed is going to get knocked out of the first round by the Heat. Uh, Um, I want to quickly basically just cover who I think is going to win the next round. Let me just pause to say that I am extremely surprised that the Miami Heat is up 3-1, and I don't know how they did it. Jimmy Butler is a warrior, to say the least, and the man is just going crazy. I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, pictures are coming out of him being remember in the 2020 playoffs when he was going against the Lakers and he won them like game four or something and then he rested on the podium after that because Mans was just insanely tired there's an equally cold picture of him lying down on the court after dropping 56 in a playoff game and the the number 56 is on a sticker next to him on the floor Jimmy Butler just keeps earning my respect every time, every season. Like, this man came from hard work and grit, being known as a defensive player on the Bulls. Then he went to make a name for himself in a small market in the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then he had that little run with Philly when we knocked them out of the the second round of the 2020-2019 playoffs. Honestly... Nothing but respect. If he stayed on the Sixers, it would have been a way better team than them signing Tobias Harris for the Max. Imagine if Jimmy Butler uh, had Joel Embiid with his MVP form. And then just to give you the cherry on the cake, they had James Harden running the show. That Philly team would be anybody in the Eastern Conference, no questions asked. But yeah, um, so I'm really mad <laughs> Cleveland's losing because they're really fun to watch like Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell are so shifty with their handles they just keep grabbing ankles everywhere they go but man they have not been able to get locked in they just can't score they literally can't score like all the attention's geared up on them they're not playing drop coverage on the screens they keep stepping up and then they're just not capitalizing on their plays and even their defensive status that they were known for during the regular season isn't holding up we got Julius Randle, 
and New York's big Mitchell Robinson just destroying them on the glass. And you got two of the supposedly the best bigs in the league. Like, come on, man. I really expected them to go way further. But honestly, I think they're like one wing player away from seriously contending. Like them replacing Okoro or Karis LeVert with somebody like Robert Covington, for example. Or uh, maybe just someone that's like a really versatile wing. They would then like have that next step where they're doing really well and they would be a force to reckon with. You know, maybe Jay Crowder even would work, but <laughs> man, side to the Bucks, we're going to get out of the first round. He needs a job. <laughs> but yeah, so I kind of want to end this episode. If you're still here, I'm going to tell you my second round predictions and then I'm going to boast about how they're correct <laughs> in the second round when it's over. But this is a disclaimer. Okay, this is a disclaimer I'm telling you right now. I had one of them before I recorded totally off because I thought Cleveland was going to win and the Bucks were going to win. Little did I know that New York and Miami were going to win. So I fixed that one, but the rest are what they were before, I swear to you. Okay, all right, so let's get off. Let's start off in the East with Miami winning now. <laughs> I think they're going to beat New York 4-2. to two. They're a really gritty team. They're going to be the best eighth seed in the history of the playoffs. They're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals against Boston, which gives away my next prediction. I think Boston's going to beat Philly in seven games, okay? I think they're going to stretch them thin. They're going to give them everything they got. But at the end of the day, I think Boston is, unfortunately, this pains me to say, the better team, okay? They have your dynamic duo of the two Jays. Anyways, moving on from that team... Um, yeah, I think Miami is going to take out New York in six, and then Boston is going to beat Philly in seven, which sets out a hell of an Eastern Conference matchup where it's the rematch of last year's. And I really want to say Miami is going to win, but unfortunately, Boston is going to win in six, too. So I got Boston coming out of the East. Unfortunately, we got the Bucks that dropped it in the first round. I had them coming out, but little did I know Giannis was going to get injured. And all the Bucks fans out there, it's like, oh, one little moment can change the playoff series. Let's uh, rewind to 2021 when you guys won and when uh, that very person, Giannis, injured Kyrie when he was going up for a layup. Yeah, if Kyrie stayed with those three, the big three with James Harden, Kyrie, and Durant, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So stop talking. Um, yeah, so... Finally, let's cover the Western Conference second round matchups that I project are going to come out. So I think Phoenix beats Denver, right? Because like the Minnesota Timberwolves, like, come on, man. We already covered the Phoenix Clippers series. So yeah, Timberwolves, um, enjoy giving away your picks because <laughs> you already did. Oh, man, Rudy Gobert. Oh, man. Oh, mon dieu. Okay, so, yeah, Phoenix is going to beat Denver in six. And uh, you're going to get that whole saga and storyline of how Nikola Jokic was never good enough to make the finals. And obviously, people had that whole racist narrative about how, like, he was going to win the MVP three times in a row because he's white and stuff like that. But uh, politics, I'm not trying to get into that either. I'm just trying to stick with the sports facts here. So, um, I think he... I mean, like, his team is good, but he just doesn't play defense. Neither does his team, right? Like, the team follows their leader. 
So if their leader is a triple double, not even go getter, he just like he's that good that he actually averages a triple double without like trying to stat pad like someone else did. <laughs> but um, yeah, like he he's he's authentically like a genuinely really good player. So um, I really feel bad for him. I don't know if Denver is gonna like blow it up because they have a really good team. They're just kind of missing that like one two final piece to plug in with MPJ, Murray, and Nikola Jokic. I think if they find, like, a consistent fifth alongside them and Gordon, then they'd be, like, really good. But, yeah, maybe, like, honestly, you should grab uh, the Herder from the Kings. If you add Herder, this is, like, a really hot take, but if you add Herder from the Kings to the Denver Nuggets, I think that they would basically, like, come out of the West. <laughs> They're too good. Like, just find Herder and then one more defender, like Covington or, like, any wing defender. Yeah, just, like, OG Ananobi and Herder on Denver Nuggets. It's a wrap. Trust me. But, yeah, my final series prediction, which was the hardest one, and it kills me because I like both of these teams. Golden State beats LA in seven. We got LeBron James being kicked out of the second round. No. LeBron, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. Honestly, you deserve to win, but your team isn't good enough. I really hope you win at least one more ring. You deserve at least five, but you're not going to beat the Warriors. You might be too big for them, but they're going to come back at you with threes. Your twos are not going to make it. That's why it's going to go to seven, and then the Warriors have home court. I see them taking the game. And then we got the Golden State Warriors versus the Phoenix Suns, which is a hell of a final round matchup in the in the West. Whew. I didn't even want to discuss this because, like, honestly, it could go either way. It's definitely going to go to seven games minimum unless somebody gets injured. And who I have nudging it out just by a little itsy bit is KD. KD is going to come back at his old team, and he's going to go to the finals with the Suns following a midseason trade. And then, see, so, like, my actual insight analytics coming from my brain say that Boston wins that series in seven, but I'm going to go with my heart here because screw my brain. I got Phoenix winning the championship in either six or seven games, probably seven. So yeah, you heard it here first. It's April 25th. I'll check back in like late May or early June and I'll come back and I'll be like, oh, that was really off, or I'll be like, I told you so, and I'll have it on the record that I called the 2023 NBA champion, and let's even take it a step further, I think that Devin Booker is going to get finals MVP, and then Kendall Jenner is going to go crazy at the house, enough said, um, that's how I'd like to end today's episode, um, thank you guys for still being here, if you still are, if you would please uh, leave me a five-star review and a comment, I can relate a little bit more with you guys, my audience. And uh, yeah, this was a very, very um, long-warranted episode. I should have released it way long ago, but I've been up to a lot, so I've been crazy busy with work. Finally, I had time to sit down and talk about my passion and share it with you guys. Could not be happier to have done so, and it's been your host, Fuad. 
and I'm out. Yeah.